She's been seen gliding, not walking, Joy. She's gliding. Because uh, she's graceful and she's a lady. And that's how ladies haunt. Between the present and the past, memories held in the walls and earth, energies and entities that cross the barrier into our dreams and our consciousness. That which has been left behind between the living and the dead. I'm Emily. And I'm Joy. And this is Is The the Residuals. Residuals. It's amazing. Hi. It's my heel. He, yeah. Heel house it. Amazing. <laughs> That's bad. That's bad. Uh, listen. What? Can, can you hear me if I whisper like this? Yes, I can. Are you, are you the only person in the building? It's haunted. Shut up! You're going to get some EVPs. What's the matter with you? <laughs> what? What? scared um don't be no one is in the storefronts downstairs and i didn't see any other lights on in the little transom windows on my walk all oh, the boy. way down the hall by myself oh dear <sighs> so well, it's not it can't be as creepy as that one place you were in there was this one place you were in that was a no downtown like a bakery. no not downtown not not Love a bakery not that one it was by a bakery. It was like this weird little. Oh, it was on a, it was on a busy road. The one by the went... the one hundred and one, or the one. Yeah. Right. Yeah. On yeah. Santa Monica that Boulevard. That me out. And like Hollywood. That creeped me the fuck out. Yeah. I was okay. I didn't feel like haunted. Um, that one was creepy, but only because I thought like a living person no, that was would be in it. No, that was serial killer creepy. It wasn't yeah. paranormal creepy. For that sure. was just. That was just, you're going to get stabbed creepy. But the building downtown LA at Annie's shop. Oh, no, that one was haunted. That place. There was something hiding by the toilets. I would drive from Long Beach up there for however long it would take, minimum 40 minutes, Mm -hmm. work all day, and go home Mm -hmm. and not pee because I didn't want to go to the bathroom by myself. Do you think it was in the bathroom or do you think it was just lurking at the end of the hallway by the bathroom? I just, I always felt like it was down the hallway and like by the freight elevator, which was directly mm-hmm. across the hall from the bathroom. So I couldn't avoid yeah, from it. from the toilet. And Annie, who, it was her shop. She was like, nothing ever bothers me. That's so weird. I was like, oh, it creeps me the fuck out. Oh, okay, Annie. I know. That's good to know. No, it's good for Thanks. her because she's there alone all the time. I'm glad she doesn't feel creeped out. Oh but your girl hey, look, was like, no, I'm just going to go home with a full bladder all the time. <laughs> I just got a few snacks. I got some Cadbury's fingers, some proper Smarties and proper some Smarties. chocolate. I'm obsessed with Tony's Chocolonely chocolate. Chocolonely? Have you had this? No. It's called, it's called Chocolonely, which is. Where's this kind of makes me sad. It's it's American and it they have delicious different flavored chocolates. This Aww. one is a partnership with Ben and Jerry's. 
and I love their chocolates, but then I feel like a bit of a sad sack when I'm eating it at times when I remember that the name of it is Chocolonely and I'm sitting by myself in the dark eating the piece that I have hidden. I have to hide my chocolate. But that sounds great. It actually is, actually. Um, I think of Chocolonely like I'm alone eating chocolate. You're right. I have special places in the kitchen where I hide it so that no one can find my chocolate and eat it. Vegetable drawer in the fridge. And I think when I, (laughs) oh, it's not even, mm -mm, because that's too easy. I, it's, it's in the refrigerated door Mm -hmm. behind two containers, two boxes of butter. (laughs) It's hidden on that, that in the very top of the drawer, because Ours has the freezer beneath it and the refrigerator above, so you can't see down into it. And it's hidden behind two stacked boxes. I've hidden it in the little um, Tupperware that I keep the extra ketchup and soy sauce packets in. Just bloop. Oh, that's not there. But I'll like put um, my York peppermint patty stash, like the mini ones. I'll put those mm. down in the vegetable drawer. Um, mm. No one goes in that drawer except for me because the things in there need to be cooked. And I'm usually the oh, only yeah. one doing that. So it's like, <laughs> it's just kale, whoop, peppermint patty. That's such a good idea. Mm. And they're always nice and such cold. Such a good idea. Mm. I love that. Mm. Anyway, listen. Hi. Yes. Hi. Hi. I'm listening. Hi. Hi. Yes. Hi. Um, I have a book report for you. Should we just get cracking into it today? Yeah. Well, then I'm Emily. And I'm Joy. And this is The, the Residual. Residuals. Your favorite podcast about paranormal things and whatever the F else we honestly end up talking about. Um, uh, today it's the history of a famous ocean liner so that's what we're doing um so you're doing you're doing history bits right uh we're not doing a separate historical and separate paranormal history this time we're putting them in one because you mean separate paranormal and separate history episodes right okay i can't, i'm not well i can't i can't do them together can't do them together. No, we're doing them together, right? You're doing no, but I mean, oh. <laughs> yes, I mean, you mean bits? Yes, sorry. Carry on, carry on, carry on. Sorry, I'm eating my chocolate only. I'm sorry, my my brain isn't working right now. We're putting the historical and sorry. the paranormal experiences in one episode because in a subsequent episode, we will be interviewing someone who has spent a lot of time in this very haunted place. I can't wait. Better than the me. I wouldn't do it. No, I like, uh, we'll get into that another time. But just so you know, today we are talking about the RMS Queen Mary, the famous haunted ocean liner that now lives exactly where I am sitting, only a few miles away from me. In Long Beach, California. And RMS stands for what, Joy? Oh, yes. RMS stands for 
Royal Mail ship. Like postal, like is allowed to carry mail. It is not. Right. See, Royal we had Majesty a conversation. This, yeah, we had a conversation about this the other day. <laughs> Emily was like, that's not what it is. And I was like, no, I'm pretty sure that like I listened on the tour and looked at my notes and it's the Royal Mail ship. She's like, no, it's nice. Right. Royal Majesty ship. And I was like, listen, you're English. Fine. Yeah. <laughs> then Prince Charles, uh, sorry, King Charles got on his private jet, came over, asked me for my passport, yanked it out <laughs> of my cold, clammy hands and took off with that. <laughs> <laughs> he said, enjoy your American chocolate trader and left. What, but um, all American chocolate tastes like crayons or a scented candle. That's why I like the Tony Chocoloni. Oh, my gosh. Because I really like it. But also they make their chocolate in a very, Listen, very I'm ethical gonna, way. Great. But no, no, no. I'm going to need you to stop talking about products until they give us some for free or pay us. Um, Tony Chocolonely, please sponsor us so I can <laughs> eat all of your stuff in the solitude of the bathroom. That's right. Okay. Let's so, um, you, go. Go for it. Let's so listen. Go. Way back in 1929. I'm, okay. And before I even go any further with this, I'm going to stop myself again. The Cunard line. I have always said the Cunard line, but I keep looking it up and everyone's going Cunard, Cunard, Cunard. So I'm going to try and say Cunard. Okay. And if I screw up, I apologize. Um, so 1929, the chairman of the Cunard line, Sir Thomas Royden, officially announces that they have plans to design a pair of super ocean liners to replace the Mauritania Aquitania and Berangia. Nope. Berengaria. <laughs> Dudes. <laughs> These birds. For their North Atlantic route. In 1930, John Brown and Company of Clyde Bank, Scotland, are announced as the builders of the new liner. And that December, the first keel plate was laid for ship number 534 that would eventually be called the Queen Mary. Less than a year later, the Great Depression hits and work halts uh. on job number 534 because there is no way for them to secure their bank loans. So by this point, the hull plating is about 80% complete and the ship is already nine stories tall. So we skip ahead a few years and 1934 brings the merger of the Cunard Steam Company and the White Star Line whose name Ooh. you might remember from the Titanic tragedy. Uh, um, yeah. The Cunard line and... I think, yes. I think I've banged on about this to you before, but it's scientifically proven that two people could have fit on that door. So, carry on. <clears throat> um. So both Cunard and White Star were experiencing major financial difficulties during the Great Depression. They both were partway through building enormous ocean liners that were like the newest of the new, like new engines, new systems for making the ship function, new luxury things that were going on with the ship. So like they had to finish these. And the only way that they could was to merge into one company. 
neither of them were very happy about it, <laughs> but it had to be oh, done dear. or it would just completely like both of them would have gone under. No pun intended. Oh, Titanic. no, I didn't mean that. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. Ooh, <laughs> unintentional shade. Um, <laughs> so in early spring, they're looking for financial approval to finish 534 and to start the second liner that they had been talking about. September of that year, 534 is launched and named the Queen Mary. She's launched and she's named and she's moved to the nearby fitting out basin. And then the boilers start going in, engines start going in, heavy machinery is done. Um, both masts and funnels are in position. And that is at the end of 1935. Okay. So a lot of this information I got right off the Queen Mary website because why shouldn't I go to the source, you know? I mean, um, may as well. Right. And then, of course, there are going to be things that they don't want us to know, maybe. Um, so we can delve into that with our guest. Oh. Or guests. Okay. Um, I assume that there will be more, I don't know, truthiness, perhaps, than oh. like some of the other things that go on. But we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Okay. So anyway. Okay. <clears throat> so here's a quote from the so-called glamour years of the Queen Mary, oh. which was well, okay, then. 1936 to 1939. Uh, were they were they looking like uh, middle-aged real estate agents, even though they were only like five, like no, the glamour shots? No, not glamour shots. Oh. Glamour oh. years. Oh, God, I'm so sorry. Carry on. <laughs> the Queen Mary website states, quote, unprecedented luxury and forward-thinking technology make the Queen Mary popular with British royalty, Hollywood celebrities, and dignitaries alike, raising the bar yeah. for luxury travel and ultimately becoming the grandest ocean liner ever built, end quote. Bloody fucking duh. Fucking ever. I, That's I mean, okay. A large statement. <laughs> it really is. Um, so King Edward makes his inspection and tour of the ship on March 5th, 1936. The 24th of March, the same year, Queen Mary departs John Brown's shipyard, steaming down the Clyde River to Gurrock, Scotland. I'm sure that I'm saying it wrong. I apologize, Scotland. I'm apparently like a quarter Scottish, according to I was just DNA. Say, aren't those your people? Yeah. Gorok. Gorok. I'm not. I'm not sure. I apologize. Okay. Let me know. You can call me. Terrible. You can Terrible. call me on the hotline. Oh. Call me on the residuals hotline and be like, I'm sorry, your American tongue is fucking all of this up. It's not that, it's this. So whatever you would like to complain to me about, 323-538-2666. Give us a call. But you you don't have to call and complain. You can just call and say, you know what, valiant effort. You know. <laughs> that's also, well, well I guess, sure. <laughs> so... They proceed to run tests of the ship. They adjust the magnetic compasses. They try the anchors. They're changing things about the lifeboats and where they are and how many they're using, which is always a red flag to me, but I guess that's a thing they do. Um, right. <laughs> and she's docked there March until early April. 
So then, May 12th, at exactly noon, the ship is officially handed over to the Cunard White Star Line from the John Brown Shipyard. On the 27th of May, at 4.33 p.m., the Queen Mary departs Southampton on her maiden voyage and arrives in France at 8.47 p.m. The following morning, May 28th, at 12.39 a.m., she departs Mm -hmm. for America. And then on June 1st, she arrives at Pier 90 in New York City at 4.20 p.m. The crossing time was a total of five days, five hours, and 13 minutes. And that seems really fast to me. I don't know. I, 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 I know. I, if I, I, if I was on, if I had no escape route and I didn't have my personal helipad helicopter there with me. Sure. I can't do that. I can't do that. If it's possible to be claustrophobic in the middle of the ocean, then that would be in me. Awful. I claustrophobia. I there must be a different word for no escape rather than feeling closed in. Yeah, I mean, I would feel trapped. I feel that way in traffic. I get real annoyed in traffic because if it's like not going anywhere and the next exit is like 20 miles somewhere in fucking wherever in the middle of the country that I've been and I'm just like no. No, I can't. I just need to drive off of this road into whatever's out there. Right. Let me just take the hard (laughs) shoulder and and go down there and just try my luck. Yes, precisely. Toodles. Yeah. Uh, So only a couple of months later, at the end of August, on her sixth round trip voyage, the Queen Mary wins. Yeah. The Queen Mary wins the blue riband for the fastest North Atlantic crossing. Um, I'm saying it funny because it's actually spelled blue like the color and then riband, R-I-B-A-N-D. It is an unofficial Mm. accolade given to passenger liners crossing the Atlantic Ocean in regular service with with the record highest average speed. Well, is it Riband or is it Ryband? Oh, fuck. I don't know. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Here's the thing with Sorry. words. When you just read things, you just have to make it up. I'm just fucking with you. But am I? Am I, I fucking? No. I'm so okay. nervous about all this stuff. I'm it's sorry, a, everybody. You've got it, darling. <sighs> Good try. Valiant effort. Keep going. Thanks. The French lines Normandy had the fastest previous record and then they won that honor back in 1937 so they were flip-flopping for a couple of years oh my that's a bit of a my dick's bigger than your dick competition isn't it heck yeah i'm sure they were you know it's like we have to beat the normandy and everyone else is just throttling through the north atlantic no idea that maybe captain is being a little careless but who knows it's probably fine it's fine (laughs) he wants to win his accolade that's not even official but fine um oh my (laughs) october 8th 1938 the queen mary gets the world record um with her 53rd voyage west and she is docked without the aid of tugboats in New York by Commodore Irving. Wow. Which seems like a crazy fucking thing to do. 
Well, I mean, if anybody has watched Below Deck, that is that is quite impressive. I've not. Oh, I've oh, never watched some Below Deck around here. I don't know what that is. It sounds like porn. It could be. You know what? It, <laughs> yes. Yes. It's a reality TV show about sailing. And it's oh. it's below deck, kind of like Downton Abbey with the people downstairs. Oh, but it's the people. It's, yeah, but there is a lot of a lot of lot of dip in your pen in the company ink, if you know what I'm talking oh, about. Oh well, excuse me. Pooping where you eat and all of that. Lots of scandal at sea. Oh, okay, sorry. Carry on. Carry it's on. fine. It's fine. Um, all right. So let's see. On August 30th, 1939, Queen Mary departed Southampton on her final peacetime voyage, carrying the largest number of passengers at the time, I believe, because she carried way more later, um, 2,552. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> That's a lot of people. If you're, that's a lot. You're gonna be crawling out of your skin by the end of this. No. <laughs> um, this voyage included Mr. and Mrs. Bob Hope and millions in gold bullion. As you do. Yeah. As you do. World War II changes the Queen Mary forever. As England and France declare war on Germany, she's eventually retrofitted to serve as a troop ship and given the name the Grey Ghost. Um, and she transported as many as 15,000 people, like, at a time? <laughs> I got to say, man, if you're going to get a nickname, the Grey Ghost, that it is just, a great one. She just keeps being more relevant in our lives. <laughs> like... <laughs> I like this. I like this. She's just like, you know what? Yeah, I won the blue riband. Mm -hmm. Guess what, bitches? Now I'm a great ghost. She's Fuck like, I this. don't need anyone to help me parallel park my big ass either. Right. Back up. I've got this. Paint me all gray. It's cool. Um, but they said that they, she was chosen because of her record-breaking speed and size. Uh, she's just like a boat version of Cash Me Outside. How about that? She's a size queen. She is. Thick. Yet quick. Oh, my God. Sorry, that's a bumper sticker. Thick yet quick. I'm sorry. Carry on. I can't. I think that we, I think I mentioned this to you when we were on the ghost tour on the Queen Mary. Mm -hmm. um, but my son and I went on the two other tours that they do and one is the history of the queen mary and the other is the like steam engine electrical sort of inner workings tour where you go down into the engine room and stuff yeah and so you guys went into the engine room but not on a paranormal tour you just went down there yeah we just went down there what <laughs> one of the really interesting and sort of like scary things that they told us was when they were at sea in 1939, the war was officially declared, but they had already left port. So the Queen Mary and all of her passengers are now targets in the middle of the Atlantic. And well, Bob Hope. On September 2nd. And gold bullion. 
Right. All the poor gold. It was so scarce. <laughs> oh, no. Man, the gold must have been so scarce. Oh, my God. I'll take some and, and cuddle it, hold it close in my bank account. This is the spooky part. Not like, it's not like boo ghosts, but it like is such a scary thing to think about. Like you're saying, I'm trapped at sea. There is nowhere yes, to you. go. Right. And the war is declared. So what they told us was that they shut all of the lights off and painted all of the portholes. So they couldn't be seen by enemy ships. They were just. Well, that's what. Yeah, that's what England did in the Blitz. That's it's what London did during the Blitz. I hadn't heard about that before. And I was just like, yeah. oh, my God, can you imagine being a passenger on this fucking cruise? You're like, I'm just going to New York. La -di -da. And then. Nope. No, no one say nope. anything. So, <laughs> no, during the Blitz, no one was allowed to turn their lights on at nighttime because then the Germans flying above would know that it was. Oh, Somewhere yeah, on land, on land. Okay. That yeah, I no, understand. Yeah, yes, that I've this heard is of before. Very similar. Yeah, very no, it makes similar. sense. I was just like putting myself in that position, thinking like, oh my God, could you imagine? No, I like, wouldn't want to be on a, no. Like, what if you were like a little kid and they were like, okay, no more lights, no more looking out the window. Like, <laughs> And especially now we've been on board it. No fucking thank you. Not no. with those endless hallways and no. pitch dark. Mm -mm. I would mm -mm. shoot myself. Okay, so keep going. the next day, September 3rd, England and France officially declare war. Um, and on the 4th of September, the Queen Mary arrives in New York. Uh, as the Grey Ghost, she departs for Sydney, Australia to be retrofitted as a troop ship. And the accommodations were formerly over 2,100 for 2,100 people, and this ups it to, like, this is 25,000 people. That sounds insane. Jesus Christ. So by May 5th, she uh, has her first voyage as a troop transport. She's sailed in convoy with the Aquitania, Mauritania, the Mauritania II, excuse me, the Empress of Britain, the Empress of Canada, and the Empress of Japan, from Sydney, Australia to Gork, Scotland, with 5,500 troops on board. So previously Jesus. they had been saying there were like 2,500, right? And that was like a huge number. Now it's 5,500 troops. About that. In March, February and March of 1949, it was the first time the Queen Mary carried American troops and she carried 8,398 troops and 905 crew members. During May of the same year was the first time more than 10,000 persons traveled on any ship. Oh, my God. I can't even imagine that many people in one space not away, able to get away from each other. 9,880 troops and 875 crew members. And then... Sorry, that just made me choke, but... Oh, my God. Don't choke on the chocolate. No. No, now I'm eating Smarties, like proper English Smartie chocolates, but it's so a mini egg version. M&M. No. How dare you? Well, it's a candy-coated shell with chocolate inside. American Smarties are but just these... compressed sugar. So I yes, feel the need no, to make the these... distinction. 
these are shaped like Easter eggs because oh, they're lovely. actually my they're my child's Easter cake <laughs> that my mum sent from England that I hid. <laughs> Easter was ages and ago. I found it. <laughs> this is this this chocolate is fine. But no, I choked. I choked on its delicious candy shell as you were mm. reading off nine thousand five hundred, and that just killed me. Literally, well, you should stop eating for a moment then. Oh no! Um, all right. So where was I? August second to the seventh was the first time a complete division was carried on any ship. That was the first armored infantry division. The troops numbered. Are you eating no. anything? No, uh, no, no, it is in my hand. 15,125 troops and 863 crew members. Again, yes. I just want to go back and say <laughs> before she was the gray ghost, they were like, holy shit, 2,500 passengers. Oh my God. So the next bit that I am going to tell you is also something that we heard about on the tour. Um, They did mention it, I believe, on the ghost tour as well, because Mm -hmm. it's something that seems to be probably a catalyst for some of the activity that's happened on board. 1942, October 2nd, the Queen Mary collides with the British cruiser Carousel. It's... On the timeline for the Queen Mary website, it's just this like blip, but the story is that during this wartime, the Queen Mary did like a zigzag serpentine, like, I can't think of the word now. Well, it's like you're supposed to run when maneuver a crocodile or what that's have the you one. is chasing you. In a zigzag. But this is yeah. how, that's how they always so they yeah. were always doing that the whole way across their whole voyage to make sure that nobody could pin them down and they wouldn't know where they were. That's so, insane. And the Curacao had been an escort into port. This was an older ship. They right. weren't new. <laughs> they knew what was going on. Um, but somewhere along the line, things got confused and they didn't. They didn't zig when they were supposed to. Um, and did the, the Curacao or yeah, the Queen the Curacao, Mary didn't? The Curacao did not Ugh. follow properly. And um, I mean, I think there might be a couple different versions, but in any event, the Curacao. They zigged when they should have zagged, basically. They like, it's not even T-boning. It's like just cutting in half. The Queen Mary cut the ship in half oh my god and a she was under orders to not stop oh so she couldn't she couldn't oh. stop to help she just had to keep going she couldn't get the survivors no so the aft end of the carousel apparently sank like almost immediately the other side bobbed for a bit and maybe that helped some people to survive i'm not exactly sure um, yeah, but even if they did survive, what's the point? They're going to. Right. Like, so she, Queen Mary, number one, not allowed to stop. Period. During wartime. Like you, you go where you're supposed to fucking go. But the second part was that we were told 
it would take like 10 miles for her to come to a stop because she's going so fast. Who's going at a clip. Right. But then also like, you know how if you have your car and you're driving your car and it's just like empty and there's nobody in it and it's not packed. And then there's other times when like the trunk is full and everyone is in it and there's a bunch of stuff. It takes longer for those things to stop. So think about like she was built to carry 2,500 passengers and she's got 15,000, 10,000 on at that point. So they rescued I think, 101 people, but I believe 337 people were lost that day. Oh God. Yeah. Um, they did mention that Sometimes people report, I'm not going to step on your toes, but because I'm talking about this incident, that sometimes people no, report do, do. hearing yelling and screaming coming from the bow of the ship, like below deck. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. So after the incident, they uh, make a temporary patch that's made out of like 70 tons of concrete. And then- Concrete. They- yeah, they make a patch out of concrete. Isn't that wild? Then a few weeks later, they dock in Boston and they install a more permanent bow piece to fix the ship. Okay. Some other noteworthy voyages. December 23rd, 1942 through April of 1943 was dubbed the Long Voyage from Gorok, Scotland to Sydney, Australia. And then they returned to Gorok. In Scotland. Um, the total mileage was 37,943 miles. Oh. That That's year, like Winston. Decent, decent second secondhand car, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, that year, Winston Churchill was also transported from Europe to New York to meet with President Roosevelt. Uh, 5,000 German prisoners of war were also on board at that time. Oh, snap. Uh, July 25th until the 30th of 1943, the Grey Ghost carried the greatest number of people on a floating vessel. God, I don't know if I can handle this. Please don't stand up. Okay. 15,740 troops, 943 crew, for a total of 16,683 human beings on one ship crossing the Atlantic. Good God <laughs> it's just, that blows my, like, I can't think of what that would be like. And if you look no, at the pictures, no. you, you can see zero deck. Like when everybody is just out and they're coming, there's no space you'd see no floor i would imagine right. the whole time you were just shoulder to shoulder with people on the fucking yeah no queen. thank you uh churchill went back and forth a whole bunch of times on the queen mary um i know i'm like being flippant about this but listen she did a lot of stuff okay you're so, not being flippant it's okay she's done so much stuff that you're just she's been a busy bitch okay yes she has so the war is nearing an end, and the armament is removed from the ship, except for the six-inch gun on the deck. The funnels uh, were repainted in the Cunard colors at uh, the end, the last quarter, I think it was, of 1945. In 1946, there were voyages called War Bride Voyages, 
the European brides and children of relationships that obviously started during the war with Americans. And these new families were transported back to the United States and Canada. In February through May of 1946, they made six of these war bride voyages, transporting 2,886 of these individuals. There was another grouping of voyages the later half of the same year. They made seven more. There were 10 stowaways discovered <laughs> on oh one of those crossings. Um, and then on February 10th, the Queen Mary docked in New York without the aid of tugboats because she's a badass. So yes, lots of people reunited, new families moving to the United States for the first time. Like, you know, talk about death, war, excitement, being scared, the amount of emotions and so many people. And you don't right. even get into stone tape theory with that shit about what she holds. Right. It's overwhelming. And don't forget births. There were babies born. Sure. On that ship too. After spending 10 months uh, getting some work done post-war, she returns to her original glory and reclaims her place as a world-class ocean liner. But times are different. And I'm not going to go through every single thing that happens. But during this time, Disney gets involved with the Queen Mary Churchill is back on the Queen Mary for various reasons because I don't know, is he is this just his personal transport at this point? I don't know. There's a certain stateroom that he did prefer to ride in though. Oh I do know that much. Oh, that's good information. Mm -hmm. Um, so Churchill, Truman, you know, like Secretary Eden, like so there's just a lot of people back and forth of clout in one way or another, uh, between nineteen forty seven and nineteen sixty one. 62 to 66 are sort of like her final times at sea because, you know, those pesky old airplanes making the world smaller, making travel time shorter. Everybody wants to get on a plane and nobody wants to get on an ocean liner anymore. The world is more interested in flying and, you know, they're talking about space exploration and like all these other things. So it's just really hyped up and everyone's like who wants to sit on a ship right so in 66 cunard announces that the queen mary is for sale long beach california sends in a letter of inquiry about buying her okay so before i get into a little bit of the long beach stuff um just to give you an idea of how the transatlantic passengers by ship versus plane were going in 1954, a million people traveled by ship for transatlantic passengers, and only 600,000 traveled by air. By 57, a million traveled by ship, but now a million also traveled by air. Wow. By 61, 750,000 by ship, 2 million by air. And then by 65, 650,000 by ship and 4 million by air. Wow. So just in 11 years, the, you know, growth and interest in air travel, the, you just couldn't keep these giant ocean liners going anymore. Right. Long Beach makes a bid. I am not going to get into the ins and outs of all the stuff. Um, I found a really cool map of 
the Queen Mary's last cruise because she was like eight inches or something really small amount seeming too wide to go through the Panama Canal. Oh my. So she had, (laughs) so they had to go all the way down and then all the way back up. Oh my God. So I can put this up. It's, it's a good little map that shows where she went and, you know, Portugal and Spain and where they stopped Rio de Janeiro, Cape Horn, um, all the way up to Long Beach. And I believe it was a 39 day voyage. Yeah, no, fuck that. The tickets were fucking money. And from what I've heard, it sounds like it was just like a giant fucking party the whole time. (laughs) So December 11th, 1967, the Queen Mary is officially removed from the British registry and turned over to the city of Long Beach. Part of the deal was she was never allowed to sail again. They're like, you can't use her for anything. She cannot be a a sailing vessel. She has to stay here permanently hooked up to like utilities on the land, period. The engines are taken out. The boilers are taken out. Like she literally can't go anywhere anymore. They have one propeller. I believe she had four originally. They left one so you can see it like on the ship but the other ones are gone because they were like no so it just looks pretty okay right they have a like room built around it so you can actually walk outside the ship and see the propeller underneath it's like lit up with lights under it's really cool looking she's been turned into a tourist attraction a hotel she has restaurants there's a starbucks um they have events there you can rent different areas historical tours mechanical tours and ghost tours uh, 88, Disney gets involved with the Queen Mary and takes over management for a while. There's a lot, it seems like there's a lot of back and forth in her history since she's been here of who's going to take care of me? Am I going to be here? Are people going to sell me for parts? What's going to happen? And the same thing is what happened during COVID. Like the company that was responsible for her did not take care of her. Mm-hmm. A lot of articles come out around here. There's a lot of talk about the Queen Mary here in Long Beach, um, whether it's on Facebook or next door or all of the oh boy. other terrible places that I really shouldn't pay attention to, but I do. Do not, do not go on next door. Do not, do not oh, go on the next door app unless you're I, really I into like, I want to know yeah. who my neighbors really are. So it's helpful. Anyway, yeah, my old neighborhood, it became very clear who my neighbors really are. And I was so grossed out. Yeah, man. And lost so much faith in humanity that mm-hmm. I deleted the app. Yeah, no, they're all terrible. Ugh. But I I am a slut for neighborhood gossip. So mm-hmm. sorry. So things have started reopening. Finally, it was like projected to be $23 million worth of repairs that she needed done before she could open after COVID. They've already looked for more money after that. Like it's, it's a lot, but they did open up tours again this year and they have been working to get the hotel open. I was just so excited to get my silly ass on that ship that I bought tickets to every tour that they had immediately when they went on sale. Emily and I have gone on one with a couple of our friends and I've taken my son on two of the other tours. 
And the tickets, listen, friends, the tickets for the tours are like $10. But the Queen Mary has so much of my fucking money now because my kid was like, I need a hoodie. I need a captain's hat. I need a harmonica. I, why does why is there a harmonica on the Queen Mary? I don't know. But now he has one. He also needed oh a building set of like fake Legos. It comes in like a cute little collector tin. He's got a fucking like tiny little telescope on a necklace. <sighs> I love it. I bought myself some tea. I didn't even spend that much money on myself. Yeah, no, the only thing I got was a little sailor cap. And I brought yeah. it home and I immediately stuck it on the baby. That's <laughs> it's it. such a good hat. I know, it's, it's so cute. <laughs> even though his bedroom is space themed, I'm like, you know. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. That's great. It's a yes. So yeah, the tours were only $10, but I am clearly the model of the customer that they're looking for. You are indeed. She is beautiful. It is amazing to go see all of the original work that still exists there. And they will be reopening the hotel. The last time I checked, you were able to book like way out even into December because I looked for booking for my birthday. Yeah. Emily and I are planning on staying over there this summer and bringing Scott's REM pods with us and maybe going on a late night ghost tour because they said those are going to happen soon. Well, they have fancy ones that you can book a ghost tour for a chunk of change, but it's just for you and whoever you're bringing with you. And it's from, I believe, 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. And then we're supposed to sleep after that. But of course. Listen, I have a feeling <laughs> that the only, I have a, after we got on that musty, delightful, haunted, haunted bucket, <laughs> that if we do have any experiences in a room, it's going to be hallucinations caused by mold spores in the carpet. Maybe. But you know what? They're it's redoing the carpet, great. though. They're, it'll probably all be redone by the time we stay. Fucking hope so. Before I finish my little history lesson, the Queen Mary has actually now been in Long Beach longer than she was a sailing vessel. Um, if you want to see her, I suggest checking out her website and seeing what hotel dates are open. I have a bunch of pictures that I took from the tour when I was there, both with my kiddo and with Emily. So we'll post those in a, a whole bunch of separate Instagram posts because we have a lot. And uh, so, yeah, let's, I don't know, we'll take a break and I'll shut up and you can talk about paranormal stuff. Let's do it. But thank you for your book report. That was lovely. Oh, thank you. I'm so, I'm so tired yeah. of hearing myself, guys. I hope you aren't. Um, all right. We'll be right back. If you find yourself listening to our show and thinking, oh, I have a story that I should send in, then go to our website, theresidualspodcast.com and send us a message. We love bringing you all things paranormal. But we would like to do more, and this is where you come in. If you haven't already, please subscribe to our podcast. After that, leave us a glowing review, give us a five-star rating, and share us on your social media. We are so grateful for your support. Now, back to the show.
Welcome back to the uh, residuals. Uh, this is the Paranormal Book Report. Um, and this one, we have an audience that is aged almost nine months who you might hear cheering <laughs> me on in the background like, yeah, mom. Get Wildly it. inappropriate material for his age group. You'd be surprised, actually. We've been doing tummy time with, uh, we did tummy time with the Vanderpump Rules reunion. Oh, That my. was a good He has to learn how to act right and how to treat <laughs> someone he's in a loving relationship with respect. Um, and we also did uh, that, that Secrets of the Morgue show that I sent you that's on you. Secrets of the morgue. Yeah, so that was a good one for tummy time. Listen, he doesn't know. Okay, should we get, uh, let's get going, shall we? Yes, please. I am definitely, like I said, sick of hearing myself talk. So regale me. All right, so let's do this. I'm going to start, I'm going to start by piggybacking on something that you talked about, which was a Disney one of the more notoriously haunted hotspots in uh, on the Queen Mary has a direct connection to Disney. So let's get into it. So Queen Mary, it was retired in 1967, uh, Long Beach, um, where it took up residence in the city's port as a floating hotel. So it opened to visitors in 1971 and it had an aquarium museum on board curated by Jacques Cousteau. And it closed a few years later because of low ticket sales and poor care of the sea life. Oh, no. Um, so anyway, so it changed owners, blah, blah, blah. One of the owners was a guy called Jack Rather. Um, and he had ties to Disneyland because when the park opened in 1955, Walt Disney didn't have money to build his own hotel. Um, and so he oh. leased the land that he owned to Rather and Rather built the Disneyland hotel. And so what a excuse me, what a wild thought that Disney didn't have money to do something. I'm so poor. <laughs> Not I mean, you know, <laughs> right. So um, so Disney tried a shitload of times to buy the Disneyland Hotel from Ratha or, or at least like negotiate uh, a land lease or naming rights or whatever. Um, so that is until Ratha's death, uh, when in order to acquire that hotel, Disney's then CEO, Michael Eisner, also bought the Queen Mary and a big fucking parcel of land around it. Um, and this was oh. like, and so like this was in the 80s. And so in the 90s, Disney announced that they had plans for a theme park called Port Disney. Hooray! Dedicated to ocean life. Um oh. And uh, yeah, I love ocean life. This sounds yeah. great, and probably not at all cruel to the animals, right? And needless to say, like, <laughs> the people along the beach was like, they were like, no, I don't think so. So they <sighs> opened the ship, right? And they, <laughs> this is so tacky. They opened the ship, and they had quote unquote celebrity guides for tours, and they were impersonating celebrities who had traveled on the ship. They had theme parties. They had high end realtors. Realtors. No, they didn't. <laughs> Retailers. <laughs> anyway. Sure. So one of the tours that they started was called Haunted Passages. 
And that capitalized oh. on the legends and rumors of mysterious happenings on the boat, right? I would have gone on that. Yes. And like this tour took you to areas where they still do now. But a stop on that tour was room B340. B340. Yeah. So that was a stateroom, right? And at that point, it was an unused room, but Disney installed haunted mansion style effects. Oh, really? Yeah. So when you were in the room, floorboards would creak faucets would turn on you'd hear disembodied voices and like spooky shit would appear in the mirrors oh my goodness yeah so the tour was promoted with the ghostly image of john pedder's translucent body and we will get to john pedder later on so okay let's get to stateroom b340 and the legends surrounding it yes please so here's the deal The stateroom was a problem long before the Queen Mary opened as a hotel. In 1948, a British third-class passenger named Walter J. Adamson passed away in the room, and the details of his death are unknown. Unknown? I know, right? I know. Um, Later in, and keep in mind, this is all stuff I found like doing research, and um, we'll be putting all sources in in the liner notes and what have you of the episode um so anyway sorry um i need to interject with another shirt that we have to do because whenever you say sources the way you say it sounds like sauces to me and i just picture it like a pasta sauce you say it the same way i'm gonna have marinara sauce and i've got sauces that i've sources yeah sauce sources sauce it's my sauce. Sauce. It's my sauce. Sauce. Source. It's my sauce. 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 <laughs> I don't understand what the Same. problem is here. It's a- no, it's fine. You're right. You're right. Sourcing. Go on. Listen, Joy, don't get saucy with me. Okay. While I'm talking about my sauce. Okay. Yeah, so rude. Anyway. I'm, I'm sorry you have to deal with me. So listen, anyway, a lot of these are also like, you know, a a lot of these hauntings, I think you and I have discussed this. It's a lot of stories that people have come up with. Obviously, we've got the Disney stuff happening as well with their with their haunted uh, passages tour. And they told all these stories. And so when you Mm -hmm. tell stories enough, sometimes they become real and they create a haunting environment. So anyway, sometimes they are purported or theorized to become real. Yeah, allegedly. Okay. So anyway, uh, later, 1966, a woman staying in the room reported that she was woken up when the bed covers were pulled off her and she saw a man standing at the foot of her bed. She screamed and rang for the steward, but the man apparently vanished into thin air. Ooh. Years later, guests staying in the room have reported hearing someone knocking on the door in the middle of the night and seeing bathroom lights mysteriously turn on. Even though, okay, so this one, even the hotel's maids have started complaining that they would find the bathroom water running, even when no one had stayed in the room for days. And one reported that the bed covers were pulled off right after she put them on. So, water running, we got the Disney thing, right? Mm -hmm. Bumps in the night. 
right? Disney thing. Mm-hmm. But like, it's the cheats being pulled off the bed. Maybe not a Disney thing. No, no. And this isn't like the rooms that they had rigged. This isn't some like... When Disney left, Disney locked up B340 and they left it behind and it stayed sealed for decades. And the longer it stayed huh. inaccessible, the more legends around that room grew. Okay. And so, you know, again, with that thing, it's like when you think something is haunted for long enough, it can sometimes show signs of a haunting, but they've, Mm -hmm. the the room, you're able to stay in it again. And prior to, you know, in the before times, Joy, the room was decorated with ghostly pictures and a Ouija board. What? And had a Bloody Mary incantation on the bathroom wall. What? I don't know if that was when Disney had it or afterwards, but that's what I found. This is so unexpected. See, I've kept myself like sequestered from all of these things. Just like, I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it because I want you to tell me, but like, damn, not, not what I was expecting. Okay. Joy, here is a unverified and highly improbable urban legend about the room. But I'm going to put it here anyway, because I mean, I think I, I don't think, but whatever. So no, okay. give me all, all the info. I'm going to give info. you all, I'm going to spill the tea. Yeah. Joy. That, yes, please. Thank you. So going with this room and the whole, you know, oh, if you talk about spooky shit, spooky shit might happen. There is an unverified and highly improbable uh, urban legend about. Uh, a guy who brutally murdered two women <gasps> in the 1960s. And when, like, the porters or what have you got him, they locked him in B340. No way. Yeah. So, but, uh, you know, all of this is like allegedly. So while they right. were waiting for police officers to show up, the guard posted outside the room began to hear screaming. The man inside Uh claimed somebody was in the room trying to kill him, but the guard ignored the cries for help, believing them to be an escape plan. Because who could be in there? Right. Yeah. Disney, apparently. I don't know. Um, Anyway, after police arrived um, and, uh, and the door was opened, the guy was found murdered. Uh... So what? I couldn't find, uh, yeah, so apparently suicide could not have been uh, an option because there's no way that he could have dismembered himself. Wait, what? Yes. So I did a dive because... Holy shit, this is not the turn I was expecting with this episode. Right? So the Queen Mary, um, they have lists, they have it listed um, different parts of the ship of the names and people who died um, and their cause and sometimes it just says unknown so I was oh. only able to find uh, two females who had died with unknown causes on the mm-hmm. ship in the 60s so one was 1963 it was an unknown female passed away from an unknown cause and 1966 uh, mrs f teasdale unknown cause Hmm. two different years Uh, so anyway 
I mean, there's lots of people like, you know, shit happens. It's a long time to go. So yeah. okay. I'm going to call bullshit on that, but it makes for a wonderful story. Okay. Oh. The Mauritania Room. 1989, mm. two women were sent to clean this lounge for a VIP reception. When they entered the room, they found a passenger sitting on a chair in the middle of the dance floor who did not say a word. When a third woman came in to help with the cleaning, she remarked that the passenger was staring and she asked the passenger to move. As the employees started to call security, the passenger faded right in front of them. A feat that all three women reported seeing at the same time. Fuck. No big Fuck. deal. Oh, my God. Next up, the Mayfair Room. This room was once the ship's beauty salon, but now it's used as offices for the hotel. In 2001, a member of the accounting staff came in early to work. At 5.30 a.m. to be exact, Joy, they simply felt like something was off. So she went about her office tasks before sitting down at her desk and feeling unusually cold. Later, she felt someone brush up against the back of her chair, but no one was there. Just minutes after that, she saw a transparent figure in white walk across the room and pass through the door. Whoa. So, talking about person in white, let's get to okay. one of the most famous okay. inhabitants, the lady in white. Okay. It's everyone a, has a lady in white. everyone has a fucking lady in white. Why can't she be the, the lady in cream, the lady in ivory? Why can't she be the lady in gray, considering? Considering it was the gray lady, you're right. Yes. Or the gray ghost, yes. maybe. little too, too on the nose. It's too little, on the nose. Maybe, yeah. Um, okay. It's suspected that the lady in white is one of its passengers from when the Queen Mary was a luxury liner. She's been seen gliding, not walking, Joy. She's gliding. Because uh, she's graceful and she's a lady and that's how ladies haunt. She's been seen gliding in several areas of the ship and mostly appears in two different areas, although she has made appearances in others, which, hello, sounds like, you know, beauty salon. Uh, the first haunt yeah. of hers is the Queen's Salon, which is a ballroom located on the ship where she has been seen dancing to music from a different era that only she can hear, which honestly, <laughs> Joy, that reminds me of a lot of the, the hippies that I went to university with who had taken one too many hits of acid that you would just see oh, them they were just, dancing yeah, to Jerry private party through campus. For sure. Her second location is in the lobby area to the right of the front hotel desk, which is where you and I were. Do you remember? Where she haunts yes. the area near the piano. The piano is supposedly one of the original pianos from the former main lounge, and it's now, uh, which has now been renamed and is the Queen's Salon. So that's, you know, mm -hmm. the main lounge is her other hotspot. Um, she has occasionally wandered from the piano and has been seen coming and going from the area using the main staircases nearby. Mm -hmm. She likes to work mm -hmm. out. She's not lazy. She's uh, additionally, she's been seen in the isolation ward, which is also a main hotspot for ghostly activity. She seems to go oh. to the isolation ward to comfort those who were there. 
There have been some stories that suggest she also watches out for the younger girl ghosts on board the ship. The lady in white, like most of her type, wears a long, flowy white evening gown and slowly fades away when people approach her. Honestly, Joy, I can't stop thinking of the librarian in the basement in Ghostbusters. At- yeah, yeah, yeah. That's anyway. Yeah. So while not malicious, she is well reported um, and she's been appearing before guests for over half a century. And sometimes she appears in photographs. Really? Yeah. Oh, I'll look for some. I was going to say, do you have any? Uh, I'll find some. Okay. Now going to the isolation ward. What is this about? So it's basically a sick bay. Okay. Where they stick you when you're not very well and they don't want everyone else to catch chicken pox. They don't want or- you puking all over. Or polio. All of those things, mumps, uh, measles, all those things that were about before vaccines. You know, when vaccines came along and stopped people from having to go into an iron lung. Yeah, it's weird. It's almost like they did something good. Right? For humanity. But, you know, what do I know? It's crazy. Magic. Witchcraft. Isolation Ward. The Queen Mary's Isolation Ward saw its uh, fair share of visitors over its decades of service. And it appears that some have never left, Joy. Visitors down there on tours during explorations have felt presences and seen shadowy figures. Perhaps nothing. I know. I'm hoping it's just shadowy figures and not shadow people. Um. Anyway, so it, you know, it's probably nothing too out of the ordinary given that it's a haunted ship. But because the disease and deaths that took place in the room, these experiences are made a little bit more creepy, apparently. Right. <laughs> First class swimming pool. I love a swimming pool. I know, me too, right? But this is the first class one. So this is only for the for the hobnobbers. This isn't for only for gliding ghosts. Only for gliding. Um, okay, so this now abandoned pool, which has been closed for more than three decades, was once the epitome of luxury with uh illuminated fountain, a mother of pearl ceiling. See, that shit's expensive, what? Joy. Yeah, we can't afford to fucking swim there. And elaborate mosaic tiles. I can't so when, afford uh, to break in and swim there. I know, well... I don't know if you'd want to wait, wait until this paragraph. When the Queen Mary first arrived in Long Beach, the pool was originally used as the hotel pool. It eventually had issues holding water and the pool was finally drained and closed in the 80s. Um, It now only appears on some of the tours that the Queen Mary offers. I will say I got to see one of them. When I went on a ghost tour, it was for one of my birthdays. My husband, who was then my my boyfriend. Took me for my birthday on a ghost tour and we got to walk through it and it was stunning. Um, even though it was very dark, it was stunning in the dark. Um, anywho, um, even when it was open though, stories um were like frequent about strangeness, apparitions. You're going to like this one. Swimmers who would feel like there was someone else in the pool with them, even though they were alone. Pass. Pass. Nope. That's why I'm afraid of dark water. I won't go in lakes and I won't go in the ocean. If I can't see the bottom of it, I'm not going in it. I'm not going in it. Seriously, I won't go in. Huh. If I can't see the bottom, I'm not fucking touching it. Anyway. 
I feel better when I have shoes on and I do that. No, no, even no. Not Someone's just gonna my, grab my leg. Something. Not my loose toes. Mm. No. <laughs> so according to the ship's logbooks, nobody has ever died in the first class pool area. However, while inspecting the area before a tour, a historical consultant aboard the Queen Mary watched a woman walk down the stairs. The stairs are made from ceramic and they make lots of noise when they're used, but the woman descended them silently with her eyes fixed downwards. She was young in her early 20s, wearing outdated fashion straight from the 1960s, which I'm sorry, that's not outdated. Um, That's gone full circle now. The employee saw her in plain (laughs) view. Personally offended. So if then again, I also dress like I just went shopping in the Delia's catalog. So I really, I, I know, talk. Um, which actually could also be the some 1960s. Anyway, so the employee saw her in plain view, but as he walked behind mm-hmm. a pillar to go greet her, she disappeared without a trace. <laughs> People have reported seeing a number of ghosts here, including, but not limited to, Mm. A young woman in a tennis skirt walking downstairs and disappearing behind a pillar. Possibly the same one. Um, A woman in an old wedding gown next to the pool with a little boy in a suit. No, thank you. A cloud of steam appearing out of nowhere along with a little girl in a blue and white dress who disappears in an instant. Women in 19, yep, women in 1930s style swimming suits wandering the decks near the pool. The sounds of splashing and the creepiest one to me, Joy, wet footprints leading from the deck to the changing rooms. And somehow, right. uh, This is when there's no water in the pool. This is after the pool is out of, this Mm -hmm. is, yeah. Okay. Um, okay. And some have also spotted uh, a, a young girl clutching her teddy bear because that's not creepy. Um, oh, come on. Right. That's horribly creepy. Yes. Uh, <laughs> so now onto the second class swimming pool. More, more. Oh, yes. Speed, we okay. were outside of that one. We were. So this is the one yes. where they have the ghost of the little girl they call Jackie. That we've um, seen on every show that's ever gone show. on the Queen Mary in history. Jackie, are you there? Um, so, okay. Uh, allegedly, the little girl drowned in the pool during the ship sailing days. Um, and she has refused to move on. Uh, her voice and laughter have been captured there. However, there are no known drownings to have ever occurred on the ship. So, again, this could be like an urban legend come to life. So, speaking of this, there's a paranormal researcher, John Tenney, who's appeared on a lot of the shows that you and I love. Um, I was actually just listening to Amy Bruni's Haunted Road uh, podcast, and he was on one of her episodes. Um, So, he thinks that this urban legend come to life effect is actually responsible for many of the ghost sightings that people claim to have experienced on the ship. Mm -hmm, Because you're talking about tens of thousands of people over a span of like 40 years, right? Yes. You know, if you're conglomerating all of that energy and giving it a name suddenly. Exactly. Yeah. Jackie, which Jackie to me doesn't sound like a name. 
from when it was sailing. But maybe I'm wrong because there was, you know, Jackie Kennedy. I'm probably wrong. Yeah, I know. It's, uh, it, I don't know. I don't yeah. know what were children yeah. called then. Um, I don't know. So Tenny says that, you know, when you put too much energy into a single idea, that can give it hmm. significant power. Um, and he also says that the haunted history of the boat helps realize those experiences. So he says, and I quote, they're not just manifesting some random idea. They have handholds. They have an eviscerated man. They have children drowning in pools. They have things mm-hmm. that they can really focus on so they can really create powerful, um, he uses a big word here, egregores, probably fucked that one up. Egregore. Egregore. I believe it begins with an E, but whatever. So they can create powerful egregores in the fact that there is so much specificity to the ideas of the ghosts on the ship. Hmm. Huh. Hmm. So. Let's... And like, I don't know that everyone, I, I, I wouldn't even say, I don't know. I'm sure that everyone who is talking about these occurrences and going to the ship looking for these specific ghosts mm-hmm. isn't like perpetuating some lie knowingly. Right. This is the stuff they've been told. So it, it's not it's not coming from a a dishonest place either. Exactly. Yeah. So next up we have the propeller room. Ooh. So a shitload of ghosts have actually been witnessed in this area some of them are walking through others are playing the main one appears to be a ship captain who smokes cigars speculation is that the ghost is that of the queen mary's last captain captain john treasure jones what a fucking name man what i mean treasure i feel like ship captains got like really cool nicknames I have another uh, kid. That's in the running. See, there you go. <laughs> this good um, one. <laughs> uh, so he's the one that sailed the ship into Long Beach Harbor. So he's often seen standing in the corner of the room on the walkway. The ghost of Michael Stipe. Smoking my stogie. See? Oh, I see what you did there. I'm losing all our listeners. Oh, God. Okay. Oh, Bye. Let's keep going. <laughs> um, okay. So, besides the propeller box, Captain Jones has also been seen on the bridge, often staring out of the windows. He also haunts what's Mm. left of the former captain's quarters, has appeared in the wheelhouse, has been seen checking out the pool area. Maybe he's looking for those ladies in their fancy outfits. He always appears in full uniform because he knows that's what the ladies like. We do. It's true. However, he's also been known to fade away if approached. Like most men. I've not read anywhere that he touches people. So you know what? He's at least being a respectful lech. I'm cool with that. Um, The engine room. You and I know about this. The engine room is one where Mm -hmm. many people report having their hair played with on the back of their head. You and I both talked to a tour guide who he was down there doing guides for like a week or so. And he was like, nothing's happening. And then he's like, oh, it's starting. And then it got more and more intense. And then he told us that he thinks that the presence followed him off the ship. Tour guide Tim, who was very nice. We, um, 
my son and I had him on one of the tours and he was great. He was very nice. My child had uh, copious amounts of questions. I'm sure. (laughs) And he answered every single one of them, even after the tour was over. It was very nice. Associated with the engine room is hatch door number 13. Queen Mary's engine room is located 50 feet below water level. And obviously, like I just said, it's a hotbed of paranormal activity. Door number 13 is one of the watertight doors that would close automatically when activated by the bridge if there was a water leak in the area. Uh, these, uh, These watertight doors were meant to keep water from spilling over from one section of the ship to another. And these were put into place in order to keep the vessel from sinking. Hatch 13 is known as Shaft Alley, and it has crushed at least two men to death at different points during the ship's history. Joy, let me tell you about one of them, and then they might be a familiar. Okay. So the bridge would initiate drills often during voyages in order to test out the doors and keep the crew prepared. Keep them on their toes, Joy. The crew, however, would instead play chicken with the closing doors, which took six seconds to close the three-foot distance. They were trying to prove... Yeah, they were trying to prove who could pass through the doors the latest as they slowly closed. This isn't Indiana fucking Jones, people. Stop it. Stop it. What? This is... mm. So in 1966, at the age of 18... John Pedder lost that contest when he wasn't fast enough and ended up crushed by the door. John Pedder, who I mentioned at the very top, who Disney decided to have some kind of a hologram of him on their paranormal whatever tour. (sighs) That's dirty. Come on. So this went down 4 a.m. July 10th, 1966. Pedder was stuck in the door until the bridge was notified and released the door (gasps) at 407. Seven minutes. Wait, what? Seven minutes. Stuck in the door. Oh, no. I'm sure he wasn't alive for all of those seven minutes, but you never know. Stranger things happen. Some of them. So he now haunts that area around the door and has even been quite forward with women. Joy, forward is the the term within it. What? He can talk, like... Depending on where he was crushed and what the door was preventing from bleeding out. Yeah, he could have. Like, he could. Right. Oh, my God. Ugh. Could you imagine? Sorry. They were like, all right, we're going to open the door now. And he's like, Ew! he now haunts the area around the door and has uh, been given the name the Shaft Alley Spectre. What a fucking name. That's just, that is, I don't know. It sounds. That's, that's a it sounds dirty. lewd. That does sound yeah. lewd. Uh, does. That sounds, Joy, you know what that sounds? Saucy. That's a saucy name he was given. <laughs> also, on top of that sauciness, actually, it's it appears to be well-deserved. He likes to be uh, rather, um, uh, he has zero boundaries with women. Um, he likes to stroke their hair or touch their cheek. And he's reported to, quote, unquote, Tickle women's ears. No. Who the fuck likes having their ears tickled? No one. Unless, listen, I'm not going to yuck anyone's yum. If you're into that, great. I'm not. Um, very, a no. few have reported him pinching their bottoms. Unacceptable. Back off. 
I am not for this entitled ghost no. shit. No, you shaft Ali Spectre. Uh, he rarely shows any attention to male guests because why would he, Joy? Why would he? Um, so a second ghost that may haunt the area is that of a person called John McKenzie. He was also crushed by that same door in 1942. However, unlike Pedder, uh, it is rumored that Mackenzie was so despised by his fellow crewmates that allegedly they held him in place by his limbs straddling the doorway of the slowly closing door until he was crushed. Wait, he was murdered? Allegedly. Allegedly. He was Holy allegedly fuck. he was very disliked. And they were like, you know what? Just wait until the bridge hits that button. And well, yep. That okay, listen. When do you know when is when is the door gonna close? How do you get your friends in position and get a guy? I have I have doubts and questions. Right? This is again another one like the guy who was found dismembered in B three, but but you never know. Anyway, two ghosts have been seen in engineering outfits from their respective time periods. Additionally, this Uh area of the ship has experienced ghostly sound of chains and gears, weird knocking sounds, as well as strange shadows seen on the walls and walkways. Fuck up with that shadow shit. So I will say, (sighs) when you and I were in this area by door 13, and we were getting Uh the tour, and the guy was talking about it, right when he said the guy's name, the lights flickered. That's all I'm going to say with that. That's that. fine because I will follow it up with you are exactly right in telling the truth. The lights did flicker and the entire ship is being renovated. And I will repeat what I said to you that day. Someone probably plugged in a fucking vacuum and the lights flickered. So that's all I'm going to say about it. Okay. So hmm. we've got two spirits other than the lady in white. One is called the tall man. No, thank you. Tall man is a tall man with dark hair. He's dressed in 1930s style clothing. He's been spotted around the first class suites. It's kind of a big deal. He's walking around only to disappear in the blink of an eye. He seems friendly, though. Guests and staff have watched him smile at them as he continues his journey. No, thank you. Um, Okay, now this one. I'm not too keen on them. The name is Grumpy. Grumpy? Grumpy. I mean... If, when you hear what this what this thing does, I mean, the fact that they've nicknamed it Grumpy, I would be probably doing this stuff too. So <sighs> Grumpy is rumored to lurk and Grumpy growls at people, Joy. Growly, not grumpy. Right. There have been countless reports of a snarling growl in the ears of visitors around the pools uh, from a room under the stairs in the boiler rooms and down hallways. Huh. This entity, uh, the entity responsible for this phenomenon has been affectionately dubbed grumpy by the staff. It's not affectionate. Uh, so grumpy supposedly lives in the storage area under the stairs in the pool area. There's a theory. Mm, this isn't good. There's a theory that he killed a woman by accident and hid her body under the stairs. When the body was found, grumpy committed suicide in order to avoid repercussions. When he is encountered, he's usually a company. I know this is all urban legend, girlfriend. When he's encountered, he is usually accompanied by cigar or cigarette smoke and the strange growling noises. Alternative. Yeah. What? Theory. Yeah. 
Has anyone seen the specter? Well, no, they haven't. It's just the growling? They hear the growling and they smell. This this is a dog ghost who used to live under the stairs and he's just being protective. A chain-smoking dog? Maybe. Anyway, he How do you is, know? But uh, wait, if nobody's seen him, if nobody's seen that it's a person, it could just be two right? separate things. It could be a dog like, listen. Good point. Hmm. Boy, what if, yeah. okay, hang on. Before I go, the dog and the security guard ghost Joy, just, together. Just stop, Joy. Just stop. I just don't. Okay, fine. Just stop. Carry okay. on. Boiler room. Boiler room. Oh, was that loud? <laughs> Boiler room. <laughs> there have been multiple accounts on the Queen Mary, Joy. You're like this, of vortexes or portals. Get it? Wink, wink. A portal. Port. Porthole. Portals. Got it. Anyway, um, there are not one. There's not one location, but numerous vortex portal locations. One of these vortexes is allegedly in the ship's boiler room, around where the remains of a worker named John Henry was once found. So in addition to uh, the apparition of him, there is a, a spot that's been felt around the boiler room's entrance right next to the ship's green room where spiritual energy is the highest. So here's the thing. This is why it's called the green room, because when uh, it arrived in Long Beach, they took all of the propellers and the boilers out. So it was a giant empty space that was originally used as a museum. And when that didn't work out, it was turned into an exhibit hall as well as a stage area known as the boiler room stage. And a nearby former generator room became the stage's green room. That green room and the boiler room are apparently where the, the energy, the paranormal activity and stuff is at its highest. Um, a hmm. nearby former generator room. Um, oh, scratch that. Uh, so people in the area have heard strange sounds, whispers, knocking, and seen weird balls of light. Really? Yes. Another uh-huh. vortex is said to be the pool's dressing boxes, uh, which is one of the most untouched original areas of the ship. A medium has identified these changing boxes as being, quote unquote, the center of spiritual energy on the ship, which isn't hmm. exactly the feeling you want to have when you're getting change after a, after a nice swim. One last thing. You know yes. what you and I like, Joy? What do we like? We like a good old fashioned glitch. We do. Oh, my gosh. There's a Queen Mary glitch. There's a glitch. Another one of the uh, historical consultants on board the Queen Mary, a guy named uh, by the name of Bill Sorder, he experienced what he described as being pulled back in time, which you and I like to call glitch, or you know, time traveling. Um, And he uh, he was waiting for a tour to pass through the ship, and he kind of zoned out, and he was suddenly sucked back into 1966 uh, towards the end of the Queen Mary's uh, service. So where he had been in his present time was around sunset in, in California. And now uh, he was suddenly in the middle of winter with snow on the deck in New York. Oh, my God. Right. He describes feeling the depression surrounding the crew because the Queen Mary, when it was retired in 1966, the crew around him knew they would all be losing their jobs. 
Um, and Aww. so suddenly that experience that he was having was over in a flash and he found himself back in California watching the last tour of the day, moving up the wow. ship to greet him. And he has no explanation for the event, but he swears it was true. That's wild. Right? Let's get to the first-hand experiences. Yeah. Um, Where are these from? Yelp. Where all, are these from? All of them <laughs> from Travelocity. Um, oh, really? No. Um, so I TripAdvisor. You know, TripAdvisor. That's it. I went, I went, I found, I found a bunch on Reddit and some other forums. Um, I love me a subreddit. Okay. I know you do. I do indeed. Oh, there's one on there about the man in the hat. (gasps) Just, there's a thread. Coming, season five. (laughs) Okay, here we go. These are firsthand and also, hey, my dad had this happen experiences. Okay. Oh, okay. First one. My dad worked for the Queen Mary during the mid-80s, during the Spruce Goose years in the marketing department. He and his team made up a lot of those stories. <gasps> Ghost stories. Whoa. These are the people we want to hear from. Woo-hoo. Right? Legit. Love it. Okay. Next story. I didn't stay, but did a tour of the ship. It was the end of the tour where the little girl ghost, I don't remember her name, it's Jackie, hangs out by, Jackie, hangs out by the now drained pool. I felt Mm. a small child's hand grab three of my fingers and begin to pull me away from the pool, more towards the deck and a nearby bar. No, no, no. She said, said, go drink. (laughs) She's like, listen, lady, you're going to need this. Uh, Here's another one. The further you went down to the bottom of the ship, the more likely you wanted to leave. My girlfriend asked me to stop touching her when we were near the pool while I was nowhere near her and ended up with some scratches on her back once we went back to the car. Oh, shit. No, thank you. Here's another one. It's hard to describe this one because you'd have to experience it for yourself. But another trip we stayed the night and as I was falling asleep, I could have sworn... I was hearing my breath get deeper, almost snoring before falling completely asleep. It woke me up in a way, and I laid down in our pitch black hotel room, looking up towards the ceiling, and I shit you not, the breathing continued heavy into my ear. (gasps) No. Yeah. I'm very apt to believe accounts that say I shit you not. I know, me too, right? Right? Yeah. Yeah. So here's another one. So my dad took my little brother and I to go on a cruise, but before we stayed the night on the Queen Mary, an old like 1900 ship rumored to be haunted. I'm going to go and say that this is a Gen Z child. I was like 15. So I was an edgy teen and decided to walk on the deck at night listening to music. What do you think they were listening? Do you (laughs) think they were listening to My Chemical Romance or Carly Rae Jepsen? Oh, no. Well, she's kind of edgy now. I don't know. Um, Anyway, the moon was super bright. This man and woman walked past me and they were dressed like really old timey, like Titanic type clothes. So IDKY, definitely a Gen Z man. They they put IDK. Oh, man. In a formal review? Well, yeah, formal Reddit review. I would never. Anyway, so IDKY, but I followed... 
Um, I followed them and they walked into this room. But when I entered the room, they were gone. The room only had one door. Where did they go? We also heard children running up and down the halls and slamming doors. But when we looked into the hall, no one was there. Also, the next morning, my brother and dad went to get donuts while I slept in. As I was laying down, facing the wall, half asleep, when I heard knocking on the nightstand next to my bed. I was so scared. I didn't turn around and it stopped when my brother and dad came back. Oh, my God. Here's another one. I went a year or two ago on the haunted tour that happens during the day. There's a little girl named Jackie, I think, haunts the ship for sure. During this section of the tour, I had my back to a display showing pictures of the ship's past when no one could possibly sneak up on me. The guide had moved on from Jackie to discuss the hauntings of the engine room when I felt a small child's hand grab the pointer finger, middle finger, and thumb of my left hand and begin pulling me back in the direction of a bar which was located behind me. The direction I was being pulled would have had me pulled through that display uh, to head in that direction. I'd guess the age of the child that grabbed me was around the age of five. At the end of the tour, I ended up asking how old Jackie was reported to be since the guide hadn't given us an age while discussing her. And he said her reported age was between five and ten. I'm just going to go ahead and say, Joy, you and I both have children in this age range. There's a very big fucking difference between five and ten. That's all I'm going to (laughs) say. It's a big difference between five and seven. (laughs) Seriously. (laughs) Another one. I was with a group of people from work that had decided to go out for the evening and stay on the Queen Mary. We danced in the observation lounge and had a great time. I was rooming with another secretary and we turned in for the night. We had a stateroom with two queen beds with a nightstand in between them. We turned out all the lights except the nightlight on the stand. We were recounting the fun we'd had when out of the closet area appeared a foggy mist. It swirled around and danced around the room for a minute and suddenly vanished through the porthole on the other side of the room. It didn't fill the room with smoke, but it stayed more like a solid fog, if that makes sense. We both sat in our beds and watched in disbelief. Then we looked at each other as if to validate that we'd actually witnessed what had just happened, then jumped out of bed got dressed and quickly ran into one of the other state rooms that were occupied by our co-workers. Now, Joy, I got a question. Do you think the mist went out the porthole or out the portal? Oh, man. Get it? Oh, man. Perhaps the portal is a porthole. Ooh. Just using my noodle. I took a tour of the ship when I was a lad where they show you all the hot spots of activity. I thought it was pretty hokey until we got to some of the crew quarters. I'd been walking a little ahead of the main group, so about four to six feet ahead of the rest when I heard a woman say, don't worry, right by my ear. And I said, about what? Thinking it was the tour guide. And then I noticed (laughs) she was a good eight feet away out in front of the group. (sighs) No one else was really talking or anywhere close enough to me for it to have been simple chatter. This was loud and right by my head. Oh, I hate it. I hate it. Whenever I I hear stories about people whispering, it just takes me back to that time that it happened to me. And I relive the whole thing. That's me. me. (laughs) Thank you, Ruth. Rest in peace. 
In the late 80s, my then boyfriend, now husband, and I attended a function one night. Glad it worked out. I know. Well done. In the late 80s, my then boyfriend, now husband, and I attended a function at uh, the Queen Mary at nighttime. We were wandering around the deck and I was able to open a door that looked like it was a museum display. Even if it looks like a museum display, Joy, don't open the door. Nope. And doors that are drawn on in a chalk outline with a circle for a knob on a brick wall, you should also pass on those. It was a T-shaped room. I walked through and made a left where there were displays. And at the end of the hall, there stood a couple. The man looked like he was wearing a formal uniform and the woman looked like she was wearing a green dress that looked like it was from the 30s or 40s. The woman looked annoyed at me like we interrupted a conversation. And I remember saying, oh, excuse me. (laughs) Oh, my God. She's fast a ghost. It's written as, oh, excuse me. But I'm thinking it's late at night. They've been drinking. They're trespassing. I'm going to say that it was more of a, oh, excuse me, than an, oh, excuse me. And immediately turning around and going back the way I came. My husband was walking slower and hadn't made the turn into the hall yet. At this point, I told him something like, oh, there's a couple in there. At which point he rounded the corner and said, where? There's no one here. And I walked back and said, what? And sure enough, the hall was empty and there wasn't anywhere anyone could have come or gone except the way we came in. I just brushed it up at the time. Then in the early 2000s, a friend of mine was making a comment about when she was a little girl in the 70s. She was at the Queen Mary with her family and was in a room where she saw a woman in a fancy old style green dress glare at her like she was rude to stare at her i shared my story with her and we both concluded it was very well the same woman same scowl same dress and same disappearing after noticing her no man with her but too much of a coincidence wow Hmm. i wonder if it's the same lady from where the cleaning crew saw them and she just stared back right I can't remember if they said she had a specific color dress or not. I love this one. I stayed there in middle school for a friend's birthday. (laughs) What do you want to do for your birthday? Middle schooler? I want to stay on a haunted cruise ship. That would have been an ideal place to practice light as a feather. You're right. Truly. Right. I stayed there in middle school for a friend's birthday. We heard keys down hallways and could see straight down to their ends, but no one was there. We heard a little girl giggling near the pool room. The bathrooms were weird too, but one of us heard a heavy sigh and saw no feet under the stalls. Mm. My husband and I stayed at the Queen Mary in the early 2000s. We were celebrating our anniversary and my birthday. It was November and we had most of the ship to ourselves. We went to the bar for a nightcap and to listen to the band. I went to the ladies' room. It was empty except me. Then I heard the toilet paper roll in the stall next to me go crazy like someone was trying to get a bunch of toilet paper off the roll. (laughs) I then saw the cardboard roll being thrown out under the stall. I looked over and under the stall, and no one was in there. I could not believe it. They were trying to help and hand you some toilet paper and everything. Oh, here we go. Here's someone who worked there. Oh, yeah. Oh, for God's sake. 
this is, I used to work at the Queen Mary. During a blackout, I decided to explore the ship and take photos. Oh. On a couple of them, the woman in white appeared. I always <gasps> hated being there, but damn if that wasn't a highlight. <sighs> wow. There's no picture attached to this comment, though, huh? Cool. Son of a... Can't trust. Here's one. My dad grew up in Long Beach during the 70s and 80s and talked about seeing the woman in white. He told me he would sneak in without paying. Apparently, it was easier back then, question mark. And we'd sometimes <laughs> run across people who looked like they were dressed in era clothing. It wasn't until he ran across a man whose top was fully formed, but the legs just kind of dissipated that he realized they were spirits. Could you imagine? Oh, hi. I like your outfit. Oh, my God. Where'd your legs go? Oh, my God. When we, I was on the ship at one point for one of the tours, and there was definitely a woman who was, like, dressed up in full period costume oh, for real and life. hair and makeup and everything. Yeah. And I think they were doing like a photo shoot or something. So I understand that it could be really confusing and just like, Oh, it's just a person. And then, yeah, you don't realize until later she had her feet for the record. That's when they had like the Jacques Cousteau thing there. And also then Disney came on in the nineties and they did the themed thing. And yeah. So if they had people walking around like that too, yeah, you wouldn't know. Oh, but here's, here's one to back that up, Joy. Oh, okay. 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 I'm listening. My mom had an uncle who worked on the Queen Mary in the 1970s as a custodian. He would hear unsettling things here and there, but nothing he couldn't shake off. The pool area was particularly creepy, according to him. He ended up quitting his job on the spot. The day he saw a man standing in a doorway he was trying to go through, who appeared to be missing the lower half of his body entirely. No, 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 no. Was he just one of the people who got stuck in the door? Oh, sorry. Oh, sorry. Sorry. Yeah, maybe the one who was held by the arms and legs. Oh, God. Okay. Oh, here's one. I love this. I've had several things happen on the Queen Mary. The boiler room is so freaking haunted. I have seen shadows moving when no one was around. I was waiting for my dad to finish looking at something and leaning against a post when all of a sudden I felt an urgent need to leave. It was like someone mm. was pushing me to go. My mum walked up and got a very funny look on her face. I said to her, you feel it too? She was like, we need to leave. Yeah. Oh, tingles. Oh. And this is, this is oh. the last one. About two years ago, my wife spent three days on the Queen Mary. And the only thing that happened to me, wait. And all I got was this stupid t-shirt. This person did bad grammar. I'm going to start again. About two years ago, my wife and I spent three days on the Queen Mary. And the only thing that happened to me was something grabbed my foot and pulled it while we were asleep in the cabin. That's all? That's it. That's the only thing. Oh, I'm so sorry. Please request all of your money back. How very dare. What the fuck? If that happened to me, I'd be like, listen, everyone. You guys, man, you have some high expectations. I am sorry for your wife. And there you go. That is my haunted paranormal shit about the Queen Mary. You're welcome. 
Lovely. Thank you. Very long very, episode very, today. Very so um, let's get to it. What's your gratitude? Oh, right. My gratitude, I will keep on topic and say that I'm really thankful that the Queen Mary is open again. Because I just have really, I love ships and I love being on the water and all that. And I love history. And even if every ghost story is made up and bullshit, like the history behind her is really fascinating. And I know that she is a money and time and resource suck, but, (laughs) but I'm very happy she's still around. And I just looked up how far she is from me driving distance at the moment. And she is 2.7 miles. She is less than 10 minutes away from me. So everyone listening, just know that I'm very close. (laughs) The ghost can hear me from here. (laughs) Uh, But please don't stalk Joy. That's, that is one thing we No, no, no one's allowed to bother me. No one's allowed. Uh, what about you? What are you grateful for? Well, mine have absolutely nothing to do with the Queen Mary. Um, totally fine. Unfortunately, I actually have two. My first one is um, an Instagram account I discovered called Pedro Pascal as, which is <laughs> pictures of him with other, it's like a split screen. <laughs> It's a split. Yes, I know these. It's, a, it's my favorite thing in the world. And it's him wearing different outfits and underneath it's him corresponding to things. So it's like Pedro Pascal as um, a squirrel or Pedro Pascal. Mushrooms. As mushrooms. Or mushrooms. That was Capi- a good one. Capybaras was a really cute one. So, yeah, <laughs> that's, my, that's one of my things. I love it. I just scroll through and it's just very adorable. Um but I do That's have one good. other thing that isn't um, anything on that thing. Um, yesterday, I mm. um, achieved 19 years of sobriety. <gasps> Congratulations. Thank you, Joy. My goodness. Good job. Yes. Thank you. To those of you who are new, I talk about it quite openly um, because it's, I don't know, I'm an open book about that stuff and everyone has a past and everyone is dealing with their own shit. But if you're in the shit with, 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 with hard stuff and dealing with life on life's terms, it's possible to do it um, if you want to do it without the aid of mind-altering substances. And I did that, but, you know, it's all that one day at a time thing. So just for today, I have 19 years. So I'm just going to stay happy in this 24 hours that I'm in and appreciate it because it could all go away tomorrow, but I hope not because I kind of like it. So there you go. Well done. Well done. Thanks, Joy. (laughs) My kid and my husband made me a cake. That's good. I'm glad that like it's openly supportive. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Because cool. you never know who might be going through it and they might not know right. anybody that they can talk to about it. And so lots of people are very private, which I respect 100%. But mm-hmm. I'm kind of an open book about this stuff because sometimes it helps to know that there's someone that you know that I don't know, is able to do it. And if I can do I it. I mean, that's, that's your headspace about uh, a lot of things, including the subject of this podcast. 
Exactly. It's all just letting people know that they're not alone and there's help. Yep, exactly. There's people who get it, people willing to listen. Yeah, and there's people like us who want to talk to you about it and help you move through things that you found terrifying when maybe it was just a ghost, the spirit of whoever was there just wanting to be acknowledged and, and remembered. Um, and they weren't necessarily trying to possess you uh, or crawl across your ceiling in the middle of the night. So anyway, um, yes, we are almost at the end of season four. Um, that's right. So, yeah, but join us. Solamente una más. So then that's it. Um, and Joy, they can uh, they can call us again. What was? What oh, was please call us. We've I think there's three minutes on the voicemail, but like it's short. So, you know, tell us a short ghost story. Um, If you have something longer than that, that you want to tell us, you can feel free to call back a few times. You could also email, um, but the phone number for the residuals hotline is 323-538-2666. Our email address is the residuals podcast at gmail.com. So until next time, dear listeners. Until next time, sage your sofas. And I'm going to also throw in because my friend Martha told me that she is having some sort of anxiety attack every time I say that. She's like, it's like bleach. You have to tell them to follow it up with something else. And I'm like, I know, but we've talked about that. It's just, yeah. so sage your sofas and then light a candle spray something sweet smelling burn some incense afterwards and palo santo right yeah oh and and then when you're done don't be afraid of the dark but i will thank you bye. call us call us call yes us. call me call me bye Losing all our listeners.